Welcome along to another edition of the London Vlogger Podcast with me, Stu, where each week I take you on a journey through London's landmarks, parks, hidden gems, woodlands, sites and history. If you'd like to read all my walks, they're available at www.londonvlogger.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. In today's show, I'm going to do an iconic stroll and every tourist's dream walk as I take the short journey from Victoria Station all the way to Green Park via Buckingham Palace, St James's Park and the Mall. I'll also end the show with another one of my fun features to get you thinking. But first, last week's fun feature asked you to try and come up with as many stops on the standard Transport for London map that featured a country in their name. Here are a few that I came up with. Firstly, Canada Water, which is on the Jubilee Line and the Overground. Holland Park, which is on the Central Line. Denmark Hill, which is on the Overground. Turkey Street, which is also on the Overground. Lebanon Road, which is on the Tram Link. And then there are quite a few on the DLR, including Cyprus, West India Quay and East India. And you could also have Canary Wharf, as in the Canary Islands. If I've missed any or you want to get in touch with me for any other reasons, you can contact me at londonvlogger at gmail.com or message me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube at London Vlogger. Right, it's time to do some exploring and the first stop on today's walk is Victoria Station, which after London Waterloo is the second busiest terminus in Great Britain and connects the city to the south Gatwick Airport with access to the District Circle and Victoria Tube Lines. Officially opened in 1862, Victoria Station was actually named after the nearby Victoria Street, which had its name prior to the Queen taking the throne. But Victoria Station was first referred to as Grosvenor Terminus, as it was built on the site of the old Grosvenor Canal Basin, before eventually settling on the name it has today. Victoria Station is the tale of two sides, and was built to serve both the Brighton and Chatham main lines, and has always had a split feel of being two separate stations. The Brighton Station opened in 1860, with the Chatham Station following two years later. There was once a cinema located adjacent to Platform 19, which opened in September 1933. Named the Victoria Station News Theatre, it was one of several small newsreel theatres in London, and in later years showed continuous hour-long programmes of short subjects and cartoons. Unfortunately, the cinema was closed down in August 1981. During the First World War, Victoria train station was used as a terminus for trains carrying soldiers to and from France. The Gatwick Express, which many travellers used to get from central London to Gatwick Airport, was first introduced in 1984. I like the overall grand and classic structure of London Victoria, both outside and within, especially the Ruth area. But I have to say, with all the brand names surrounding the inside of the station area, it does provide a slightly ugly feel to it, compared to the beauty of a station like St Pancras or King's Cross. I feel Victoria doesn't quite have that aesthetics. A walk along Buckingham Palace Road takes me to the oldest of London's eight royal parks, St James's Park, which is 57 acres in size. In the 13th century, a leper hospital was founded, which was named after James the Leper, and it is from this hospital that the park took its name. In 1532, 
Henry VIII acquired the site as yet another deer park and built the Palace of St James's. When Elizabeth I came to the throne, she used the park for fates of all kinds. Her successor, James I, improved the drainage and controlled the water supply. A road was created in front of St James's Palace, approximately where the Mall is today, but it was Charles II who made drastic changes. The park was redesigned with avenues of trees planted and lawns laid out. The king opened the park to the public and was a frequent visitor feeding the ducks and mingling with his subjects. During the Hanoverian period, Horse Guards Parade was created by filling in one end of the Long Canal and was used first as a mustering ground and later for parades. Horse Guards Parade is still part of St James's Park. The park changed forever when John Nash redesigned it to a more romantic style in 1827 and the park we see today is still very much as Nash designed it. The canal within the park was transformed into a natural looking lake and in 1837 the Orthodoxical Society of London presented some birds to the park and erected a cottage for a bird keeper. Both the cottage and the position of the bird keeper remain to this day. Clarence House was designed for the Duke of Clarence, later to become William IV, and was also the home to the late Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Within the park, to get from one side of it to the other, you have to take a walk over the Blue Bridge. This was first designed by John Nash and replaced by a suspension bridge in 1857, with the one we see today dating back to 1957. The views from the bridge across the river are simply stupendous. On one side you have Buckingham Palace, and on the other Whitehall Horse Guards Parade and the London Eye. I think out of all of London's rural parks, St James is the most luxurious and stylish. Given its close proximity to Buckingham Palace, this adds a real royal status to it. Before I pass by Buckingham Palace, you need to take a short walk along the Mall. Originally laid out by Charles II, the Mall was the grand approach to Buckingham Palace. It is London's primary ceremonial road leading from Trafalgar Square to Buckingham Palace, stretching one kilometre of road. The mall we see today was designed in 1911 by Sir Aston Webb. The walk down the mall leads you to one of the most iconic and recognisable places in the world. Buckingham Palace has been the UK's sovereign's residence since 1837 and is the headquarters for the monarch, Queen Elizabeth II. The palace has 775 rooms, including 78 bathrooms, 52 royal and guest bedrooms, and 92 offices. Originally known as Buckingham House, the townhouse was built by the Duke of Buckingham in 1703 on a site that had been in private ownership for at least 150 years. It was acquired by King George III in 1761 as a private residence for Queen Charlotte and became known as the Queen's House. During the 19th century, it was enlarged, principally by architects John Nash and Edward Bloor, who constructed three wings around a central courtyard. I normally take Buckingham Palace for granted as I walked past it so many times, but whenever I do, there are always many excitable tourists taking snaps of it which just highlights what an icon it still is throughout the world. It has such status and is very quintessentially British. 
As I leave the splendour of Buckingham Palace, I come towards the end of my journey as I reach another one of London's rural parks, Green Park. While St James's Park is London's oldest rural park, Green Park is the smallest, comprising of 40 acres of glorious greenery. The park is said to have been for many medieval years a swampy burial ground for lepers from the hospital at St James's on its north side. It was first enclosed in the 16th century to be part of the state of the Pulteney family. In 1668, a part of the Pulteney estate, the Sandpit Field, was surrendered to Charles II, who made the bulk of the land into a rural park as Upper St James's Park and enclosed it with a brick wall. He laid out his main walks and built an ice house to supply the household with ice for cooling drinks in the summer. In 1746, Upper St James's Park was officially renamed the Green Park. The park was an open meadow with few flowers at the time, but this state may arise from a feud between Charles II and his queen consort, Catherine of Braganza. History says the queen discovered Charles had picked flowers in the park for another woman. In revenge, the queen ordered that every single flower in the park should be pulled up and no more planted. In 1820, John Nash landscaped the park as an addition to St James's Park. Green Park does have a lovely charm about it. It is quaint and cute, and with the backdrop of Buckingham Palace, it is ideal to walk through and relax amongst its towering trees, which always look marvellous no matter what the season. Well, I hope you've enjoyed my walk and learning more about the history of many of the capital's well-known places. This is quite a short stroll and is a great way to spend around an hour. Before I end the show, I'm going to do another one of my fun features, which this week is another trivia question. My walk ended in Green Park, which has the Green Park tube station within it, and also the name Green Park features a colour within it, green. So continuing on the theme of last week's Transport for London map feature, can you think of any stops on the Transport for London map, so overground, underground, TfL, DLR or Tramlink, that feature a colour in their name? I've got nearly 30 I can think of. How many can you get? Green Park is the first one to get you going. If you have any, you can comment on the YouTube video for this walk or even get in touch with me at londonvlogger at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with me for any other reasons to share your memories of London or what you love doing in London, you can get in touch with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or YouTube at London Vlogger. And you can also view all my walks at www.londonvlogger.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. Until next time, stay safe and well and join me for more walking adventures soon.